0: It's time to ponder how to do short season rankings and see what there is to glean from the just released schedule.
1: Like nothing taxes. Dodgers get a Dodger. I have not had the three go throughs yet. It works great in a fantasy. I'm just glad Mm. I am not at the dentist. Fantasy baseball in 15 on the Athletic.
0: Welcome to Fancy Baseball in Fifteen for Wednesday, July eighth. I'm Al Melkier, and I'm here with Derek Van Riper and D.V.R. It is another um, unpredictable news day. Uh, lots of uh, things to talk about there, but we'll all put that in the context of how to deal with the uh, the, the news, uh, you know, as it comes on, on a day to day basis in this situation, and how to deal with rankings. Uh, there is a uh, rankings roundtable on the Athletic and. Uh, We'll talk a bit about that a little bit later on, but let's get to the specifics of the uh, recent news here. We've got more COVID-related absences. Uh, Eduardo Rodriguez and Cole Calhoun have tested positive uh, for uh, the COVID virus. Uh, Juan Soto and Victor Robles, as far as we know, have not, but each has had contact with an infected teammate on the Nationals, so uh, they are out uh, for the Nationals right now. Uh, We've got... Absences from the Astros camp, Jordan Alvarez, Josh James, and Jose Urquidy, uh, none of whom have reported yet. Also from the Dodgers, a list really almost too long to go over here, but some of the big names uh, that have yet to report, Kenley Jansen, Gavin Lux, Tony Gonsolin. Uh, that uh, report coming to us from Alden Gonzalez, and uh, the Angels put several players on the injured list without any explanation and, and even no formal announcement, but among them, Julio Tehran, Jose Suarez, and Luis Renjifo. So DVR, I know you've been working on your rankings. In fact, I think uh, they'll be published fairly soon. Uh, so first of all, what's the status of those rankings and what, <laughs> I know this is a broad question, but what, what has your process been for dealing with this uh, You know, very unique
1: situation? Sure. Thursday is the day that my rankings go up. I did not want to go toe-to-toe with Eno Saris' pitching rankings on the same day. We wanted to spread those out just a little bit. So uh, enjoy Eno's rankings for a couple of days and then compare and contrast them to mine on Thursday, I guess. The thing that's been really difficult with all this is the group of players you mentioned, uh, kind of from the Astros and, and Dodgers, where we have players who are away and we don't have confirmed reasons for why they're away because we can't speculate we can't assume anything we can only just look and say okay they're not there at what point does the absence regardless of the cause put the availability for opening day in danger and i think when it comes to starting pitchers in particular. I think that group would be the group I'm most concerned about if they're staying away from the team for any reason, simply because if they're not throwing, then they won't be used the same way when the season begins if they're ready to pitch when the season begins. Hitters, you kind of wonder just what are you going to get timing-wise for guys if they end up being delayed until a few days before the start of the season? You know That's a big question. And of course, while watching these situations play out, We occasionally do get updates that include the confirmation of a positive test. And when that happens, we figure out where in the process players are. Are they symptomatic or asymptomatic? Are they beginning the process of having two negative tests before they can return? So it is the most unusual season by far because we have all of this happening on top of the things that we're usually looking for during spring training, the progress of injured players coming back, job battles, um, you know everything you can imagine and then some. Trying to determine you know what this all means has been extremely difficult. So my my general approach for the absences that don't have a clearly explained reason has been to not overreact. It's to acknowledge them to keep an eye on those players to see what happens in the days and, and weeks ahead, but not to completely overreact to it for even the positive test players. I think you do have to err on the side of caution with at least a little bit of missed time in many cases. So a small downgrade is merited just by virtue of a likely absence two weeks from now, when we're playing games and even that you don't want to go too far with it because you could overcorrect pretty easily. Given the varying timetables of when the positive tests occurred and when each individual player might be cleared to come back,
0: so as a consumer of rankings, how would you uh, deal with this or, or recommend others? You know, per, perhaps those who are you know could be looking at your rankings in a, in a day or two. Um, how, how does that change in terms of consuming rankings? Because. Um, When I've done rankings or used other people's rankings, it's not like I'm going back to check every single day. I mean, if I have a draft on a given day, you know, then obviously, you know, I'll want the most recent version. But it just seems like rankings really are going to have to change possibly multiple times a day. Um, So, you know, are you going to put some sort of caveat, you know, or disclaimer on the rankings in terms of how to use them or, or should there be one?
1: I think there will be. I'll, I'll have an introduction to the rankings, explaining some things, why I'm doing things the, the way that I am, because I, I think it, it always merits at least some explanation, and this year, doubly so. I think the important thing to keep in mind is that opening day is two weeks from Thursday. It's only a couple of games Thursday night, and then everybody else plays Friday the 24th. I think it's going to be important to make sure that updates are made at least every weekend, like every Friday going into the weekend, because that's when drafts are largely going to be concentrated. And then probably each day leading into the season. So beginning Monday the 20th, you know, maybe even twice daily, a morning update and an afternoon update, just to account for all of this rapidly changing information. Fortunately, we have a pretty short amount of time before the season begins if this were the case for six to eight weeks and we had a prolonged draft season in these conditions it would be extremely difficult to maintain useful rankings over a time period like that and to make sure they were accurate at every possible turn so i do think a disclaimer is going to be critically important.
0: Yeah. And I'm really glad that you brought up the time frame as well. Cause that, that's something the last couple of days that has really, uh, just almost sort of amazed me that, you know, I can say we're going to have baseball that counts in, a, in about two weeks, you know, just over two weeks. And, um, you know, we've gone in a very short time to, from players, uh, and, and owners negotiating to having a plan to being on the, on the doorstep of a, of a season. Um, Which, you know, I I know I say this a lot and I'll say it again, even with the short time frame, I'm still not 100% confident or even close to 100% confident it's going to happen because of the news items like uh, the the ones we just talked about. But we could have a season in just over two weeks. So it is a very different situation than, you know, looking at rankings at the beginning of a normal spring training uh, with opening day, you know, well over a month away. Uh, One other news item we have, and, you know, DVR, you talked about that, um, you know, in addition to all the COVID-related news, that, you know, we've got other more normal types of news, like Aaron Judge um, healing from his fractured rib, and a report um, from several sources saying that he is game ready. So, in your rankings, are you still discounting him, and if so, by by how much, roughly?
1: I think he still needs to be slightly discounted compared to where he would have been if back in March he were totally fine because it took a long time for this injury to heal. And if you think about Aaron Judge diving for a ball in the outfield, you think about Aaron Judge getting hit by a pitch or bumping into the outfield wall, making a catch. To me, it still seems like the kind of injury that could become problematic somewhat easily. But he is definitely moving up the ranks compared to where he was when things stopped. I think if I'm looking at outfielders for the upcoming season, Aaron Judge is probably just outside the top 10 at the position. If he were completely healthy, no strings attached, he'd be in that group. So it's probably a slight discount, maybe 15 to 20 picks off of what his ADP, if he had complete health, throughout the spring would have been.
0: Okay. Yeah, that, that certainly seems fair. Um, now, one thing that uh, has transpired in the last couple of days, uh, we didn't talk about it. Michael Bell and I did not talk about it on the Tuesday episode, but uh you know, we've got some time to talk about it here is that the, uh, the MLB schedules are out. And uh, was there anything that um, particularly impressed you about, uh you know, what you saw in the schedules?
1: Yeah, the one thing that really stood out to me from a fantasy perspective, I remember the broadcast revealing the schedule. They were discussing the Washington Nationals schedule to begin the season. I think it's going to be important to look at where each team's off days are scattered. We know everybody's playing 60 games in the span of 66 days, but some teams have more front-loaded off days. Some teams have more back-loaded off days. And that really changes how the pitching staffs can be managed. So I do think it's going to be important to look into those days off and kind of see, okay, will number one or number two starters possibly get an extra turn in the rotation depending on how that plays out. Uh, Now with the Nationals in particular, I think it works in a way where it's only going to be maybe one extra start for Max Scherzer. But one extra start's kind of a big deal in a short season like this. So... I think as we spend more time breaking this down, as we get closer to opening day, we start filling in what the rotations are going to look like. I think that's when we're going to notice there's going to be some guys with a path to maybe making 13 starts this season instead of the uh, expected 12.
0: Yeah. And those small differences in the short season, they, you know, they, they really matter a lot more. And, uh, you know, another thing that I noticed DVR was just the really big disparities in how much teams are traveling. Uh, Those Western teams, Really got sort of a, a raw deal, I think, in this sense. And you know, if you got the the Mariners and the the Astros, uh, you know, making that uh, making that jump, um, you know, not only north to south, but a good jump east to west. And uh, you know, given the, the circumstances of the season, I just wonder if travel is going to take a bigger toll. Uh, I don't really know how to uh, you know how to assess that. But I did take a, a closer look at some of the Western teams, and I noticed some some sort of oddities in uh, some of the schedules. And you know, you talked about uh, off days with the Nationals, for example. The Rockies have off days after their first couple of series. So uh, you know that first week, it might not be really that great of a time to start your Rockies hitters um, just because of a, a relative lack of plate appearances. And then they go home and then they get the whiplash of going from Coors Field to a series in Seattle where they go from the, the lightest air in the majors to what, what, if I recall properly, is the tensest air in the majors. So you know Rockies hitters we we love to draft them but you know for that first like quarter of the season the schedule doesn't really necessarily do them any favors uh, the Padres pitchers face some some tough teams in August a couple of series with the Dodgers the Astros are in there there's there's not really much of a break in August and again that's that's almost half the season there the Mariners have a really tough schedule all the way around and um you know I have to wonder And not that we're, you know, looking at Mariners hitters um, early in in most drafts, but, you know, for somebody like Kyle Seager or Shed Long, who, you know, last year as a rookie did not hit well at all um, at his home park, maybe even Tom Murphy, uh, you know, maybe they deserve a a little bit of a discount.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think one thing I'm really looking forward to seeing is with this schedule release, Derek Cardi's projection system, the bat, which is a publicly facing system. Over at Fangraphs, that that system includes the schedule in its outputs. So what I want to see are some of the biggest movers in either direction. You know, are there going to be hitters with a, a very friendly set of matchups? Are we going to have imbalanced schedules where teams ended up in coors more often, so their bats get a bump or their pitchers get a, a drop? Right, there's going to be a few. Twists and turns, and in this shortened season, I think everything on the margins is worth accounting for. Maybe it's less so for draft strategy and more for in-season things, but it's still something that needs to be accounted for. So I'm really glad that the bat actually accounts for it.
0: Yeah, well, thanks to uh, Derek Cardy for providing that because that is a really awesome resource in, in uh, this sort of season. And um, you know, with a, a schedule out, uh, it does it does feel a bit more real. Um, so, uh, you know, maybe it isn't in, in actuality, uh, increasing the chances of us having a season, but it's nice to have something tangible, uh, like a, uh, a schedule to look at. And, um, you know, also something that is very, very real is, uh, rankings, which you and I talked about earlier in this episode and, uh, those are very real too because they are uh, coming out in fact some of them may be out already as you're listening to this so uh part of the uh, athletics rankings coverage is a rankings roundtable which we referred to earlier and uh, do check that out DVR you took part in that uh, Eno did um Jake Seely um Mike Waterloo so a lot of a lot of great discussion there 60 game rankings roundtable the biggest risers short season studs and more on the athletic Uh, get you know getting that rankings mindset it's a great way to do it and uh, that's going to be all for this episode of fantasy baseball in 15 for Derek Van Riper I'm Al Melkier and we will be back here on Thursday.